another summer concert series coming up. Yeah, it's it's been a while, actually. It's very strange. Oh, my goodness. Has it been since 2019, since we did a summer concert series? Yes. <laughs> my brain can't even fathom that. It doesn't even believe that that's real. Yeah. Time has kind of melted. But we're back. But we're back. Yes. You are listening to A Little Too Quiet. It's the Ferndale Library podcast brought to you by the friends of the Ferndale Library. My name is Jeff Milo and joining me today is Kelly Bennett. Hello. The head of circulation here and the one who I blame for having loud music in the library. Yes. Gives me such joy to like disrupt people's perceptions of what libraries should be. And to <laughs> and to this day, after 12 years of having live music and no more more as your notes will prove longer than 12 years <laughs> consistently having live music in the library yes. you cannot avoid any musician coming in and plugging in their amp and saying is it okay if i'm kind of loud <laughs> am i too loud in the library it's like that's not how they sound they sound much cooler yes because they're rock and rollers but right yeah uh we get that and like <gasps> Oh, one of my songs has a swear word in it. <laughs> well, it's after hours and it's, you know, right. free game. Right. Right. <laughs> right. The most recent concert we had, which was in March, depending on when you're listening to this, featured the folk duo Giacomo. And they asked that same question. We have a bad word in a song. And I said, well, I wouldn't really worry about it unless you somehow see a five-year-old in the front row. And, you know, that did not happen. But there was uh, two babies two little newborn babies <laughs> in the audience and they asked parents is it okay if we say this swear word in the presence of your newborns the parents gave a thumbs up <laughs> <laughs> it's such a they just went for it it's just such a an interesting venue the library even like you said we've been doing it i was casting my memory back this was like pre-renovation so like 2009 2010 yeah we had i think kind of a little party in here to celebrate that we were renovating something like that mm -hmm. and our little community room had a couple of bands in it and then we did some at our temporary space which was a warehouse yeah we moved down the road to a warehouse this library has moved three times yeah <laughs> and on the same road yes <laughs> <laughs> and we we decided that since we were going to be there over a year that we're just going to like if we had new ideas like let's just do it um we had a weird musical slash poetry thing uh there was a musician that had sort of a interesting friendship with that was like oh can we do this here and their performance was very strange but everybody but seemed okay with it <laughs> But attended. Folks showed up for it. Oh, yeah. You know? In the old Beatty's Mongolian barbecue, like warehouse, clearly like boardroom. And then this actually, logo was still on the wall and everything really was <laughs> uh, the biggest highlight musically over there. We had the beggars uh -huh. do a Halloween show. And it was such a blast. And there were five year olds in the front row. There really were. And they changed the lyrics of their songs to be about candy and Halloween uh, instead just, of girls or partying or beer. <laughs> it was very it was very sweet because these guys were definitely like party dudes. Right. Um, right. But they 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 knew their audience. They knew their venue and they yeah. like 
Yeah, it was such they're, a good time. They're all like a bunch of Andrew WKs. You know, they have that aura, but they're also sweethearts. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is. The library is still kind of a strange venue, even though we've been doing it a long time. Um, right. We have people who have performed here that I think have kind of spread the word to other people that they know. Yep. So we'll get submissions. Mm-hmm. Um, when I used to way back when I ran the thing by myself, which was as an older person now, I'm like, how did I ever do this? I'd work like 13 hour days here because we didn't have enough people to cover. Right. So I'd work a full shift, help close the library down and have two bands in, right. which I would wrangle all by myself and not get home until 1030. And in the midst of that, you maybe had just one hour break and that's it. Yeah. So, yeah. And we're on the premises. <laughs> it, was, it was wild. Um, but I was so grateful to be able to do something like that. And it has morphed over the years into a variety of things. Mm-hmm. We started with First Stop Friday. That's what it's been called for a while. And then we stopped being open on Fridays for a while because of budget cuts. And mm-hmm. we moved it to start here Saturday. But same idea. And we still got to have shows, which was great. And then the summer concert series which for a while was funded by like cupcake sales. <laughs> but now we classic library style. Yeah. And yeah, the the summer concert series has always been kind of dear to me because it was like a chance to go a little bigger, mm-hmm. use the outdoor space. Well, specifically, they're on weekday evenings, they're on Tuesday evenings, so we've been hosting concerts for so long, you've been hosting concerts for so long, usually on a Friday night or a Saturday night. And you'll usually get a kind of more of a specific clientele, usually the the usual show going crowd, 20s, 30s, kind of the hipster crowd, kind of the artsy musician yeah, crowd. Yeah, people who might otherwise be right. at a bar. Right. Um, but, but on a weekday. Yeah, we get such a cool cross section. Exactly. We would still get some of those people who might also check out a show at a bar, but you know, you get folks who are a little bit older. You get kids, families, people from a wider like geographical area because we tend to get acts that are maybe a little bit more well-known. Although, you know, sometimes the Friday and Saturday shows were, but you know. It's summer, the sun is out longer. It's early in the evening. And we can bring some really wild, cool (laughs) things because we have money, more money to spend for that one. Um, When we talked about doing this pot this episode you reminded me to not forget about the taiko drum that's right that's right (laughs) which that is a a specific japanese style of drumming and they are rather large in diameter and rather voluminous yes ryan taiko and when jeff and i started partnering for all of these shows he's got more connections in the music world than i do but i usually will be like, let me let me pick one because <laughs> I'll and usually it, have something. It's usually an eccentric one. Yes, I like to pick weird things, and uh, like let's get this big drumming thing. And these drums are, I mean, the one of them probably wouldn't fit in the room we're in right now. <laughs> <laughs> Think about it. So they cart this thing in, and the stick looks like a baseball bat that you play it with. It's two hands. I have a really epic photo of like posing with it. And we had people coming in saying like, I could hear it from the parking lot. 
And there was like a little bit of me that was embarrassed because I'm sure in the inside of the library yeah. it was a bit loud because yeah. these are held during open hours, um, usually Tuesday nights, like 630 to 730. But there was also a part of me that was like gleeful and saying like, ah, it was just an hour mm -hmm. over the course of the summer. Like, mm -hmm. and we did something really weird and uh -huh. cool and it was really fun. Everybody enjoyed it. People got a chance <laughs> to try out. And they're like, um, they also had a school in the area where you could go learn to do it. Yeah, that was that was one of the highlights. <laughs> there was a dancing group the same year that we had Nadir Amwale and Musique Noir. Oh, I'm forgetting yeah. that. What is it, Pacini? I'll have to look that one up. Yes. They're also amazing. Yeah, that was another one that I think maybe I was like, oh, yes. let's get something. Every once in a while, I like to throw some dancing into the mix because yes. I've had some really cool experiences just not even for myself, but like watching other watching patrons just kind of come out of their shell and start dancing. <laughs> and these folks, they had clearly like taught kind of cultural classes about the dance they were doing. And they were so welcoming. They had an audience full of Midwesterners speaking some words in African languages right. and getting up and doing some of the moves right. and just so sweet and really engaging. And we got to, we got to do some dances and yeah, it was really fun. Bicini via Congo. That's it. Congolese drumming, Congolese dancing. And yeah, they, that wasn't going to be an act that was contained to a stage. They were kind of coming right up to the crowd, interacting with the crowd. It was so good. We were so lucky. The weather was beautiful too. So yeah, right. people could spread out and when we have the shows in the courtyard, it's fun because, you know, people walking by on the street or going to downtown, I often see them like kind of look over their shoulder. Sometimes <laughs> they'll walk over and be like, what is happening over there? Right. Like a library thing is happening. Right. Come on over. Mm -hmm. <laughs> We've had Detroit Party Marching Band here three times. Twice invited. Twice invited. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah, we speaking of crazy things in 2013, the if you guys are old enough to remember a lot of people I've approached on our staff who yeah. are way younger, are like what's blowout, right? <laughs> uh, there's a thing called the Metro Times blowout that for years and years was a music like event in yes. Hamtramck, Michigan. Um, that would be spread over all the tiny little bars that that city has and you would just go for 15 minute sets to, you know, a multitude of bars and just really great way to find out about music in your area. I'm yeah. sure Jeff did the same thing, you know, like, do Absolutely. I wear a coat right. or do I not? Right. right. You know? This was, this was hosted in the first week of March between 1998 and 2015. It was a way to celebrate Hamtramck, but it was uh, initially also a way to give bands gas money to go down to South by Southwest, which happens in the second week of March. There you go. So this event was always in the first week of March. And if you are a Michigander, then you know that that is still the dead of winter. It's basically. Do dodgy. I mean, I've had 70 degree blots and I've had like 22 degree blots. So I believe the idea in 2013 was that not only were they going to move blot into May, they were going That's to expand right. it outside of Hamtramck and then include our city of Ferndale. And they said, well, we need venues in Ferndale. How about the library? Yes. And I don't think it's an exaggeration to say we had the best venue. We yeah. had the most space, yeah. the cleanest bathroom, I'm cleanest. sure, by far. And we had beer. We had beer. I told our current director this and she was like, 
uh, you know, talking about permits and stuff. I'm like, we had a permit. It was fine. Um, but it was such a different experience because right. um, was that the year you had kind of a say in who played or no? I don't remember. Yeah. For at least two of the three years that we did it, I was able to pick who who we got. Yeah. And so. we we hired a sound engineer. I think, didn't we rent a PA? Mm -hmm. So we had like with lights and it looked like a you know a high-end venue in here and right. the music was great people right. were like astounded by the fact that they were drinking in right. the library they were drinking in the library we were also open until midnight we had sets that were starting at 11 o'clock at night so That's you're right. in a library at 11:45 at night with all the lights out and lots of loud music and a beer in your hand so yeah it, I was looking at the pictures of that. And I'm like, man, that like, I kept thinking, like, did I actually take this photo? It came out so good, right. but mostly because it was the lighting and everything right. was great. And right. let's see, we've had DSO alumni. We had uh, Jeff Zook. He played flute and piccolo, and that was one of the memorable things that packed audience. Um, I'll never forget. He played along a gentleman who played guitar who teaches at um oakland university oh, yeah i remember that set and we were talking i'm like well we usually have these outside and the guitarist is like yeah my guitar costs like fifteen thousand dollars we're playing inside I'm like okay <laughs> it might have even been more than that oh. but he's just like yeah humidity and all yeah. that like we're not doing that i'm yeah. like nope absolutely sure. we'll play inside <laughs> Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we've had everything from, you know, side projects, to, you know, of garage bands mm -hmm. that are trying out for the first time to people with several, you know, thousand dollar instruments that oh, are yeah. trying to protect it and oh, yeah. everything in between. Yeah. We have had a ska band in here, a band of, of youngsters reviving ska and they had trombones and they brought lots of their young fans. They started a little bit of a ska mosh pit. But you know, ska kids, they're very friendly. No one got hurt. Uh. <laughs> Actually, just a few months ago, we had uh, Black Jake and the Carnies, which oh. is like a, you know, like a psychobilly mm -hmm. situation. Mm -hmm. um, out of Ypsilanti. It's actually been my dream to have them play for years because I'd seen them a bunch of times. They're really fun. And right. they brought, they have a cutout of Baba Yaga and you play, you try to like throw balls in Baba Yaga's mouth, but it always devolves into like throwing them at the band. Right. Um, right. And it, the same thing happened here. I was very, I was very right. excited. Like, oh, it doesn't matter that this is our community room. Right. Like right. they still want us to throw balls at them. So. Right. Yeah. Um, Black Jake and the Car Carnies, maybe you've heard the phrase dark carnival to describe a certain horror genre. And they are dark carnival, but man, are they also silly and fun and also like a game show. At the same time, yeah, you know, they are, they can be freaky, but they really want everyone to have fun. Yes. And they, they treated the library like a bar and yeah. we love that. Yeah, it was Treat great. The library like a bar. <laughs> um, there was a band we had, Soul Explosion, that did a lot of like, uh, like Motown covers mm -hmm. and, and that was just such a beautiful vibe. They were such like friendly, warm people and everybody who was there was like singing along mm -hmm. and. Um, a lot of artists tend to like have, you know, stories that they tell in between. And I think the library audience is particularly good for that. Oh yeah. 
another favorite of mine, Matt Jones in the reconstruction, another person that I had met over the years, Jeff knows him quite well. Also Ypsilanti like folk scene, but that venue of the library where people tend to be like a quieter, more respectful audience. One, I think because it's in a library and two, we're not a bar. So, um, and a lot of artists get intimidated by that, but I have seen Matt Jones several times. He has a quiet style and a high voice and he's this is this is folk music. And I have seen him several times in a bar where I can basically barely hear him. Yeah. Because there's so much clamor from the bar. People are talking or they have a hockey game on. <laughs> right. Or what have you. Uh so it was him, his guitar, and his, and a cellist. Right. And I'm sure the ar- the hair on my arms was sticking up the entire hour that they played. It was just so beautiful. And he got to talk about his music and people like asked questions. It was, it was awesome. There's, I mean, well, but we should say that moving forward, now that we do have stage lights, yes. which is a new development here at the library, yes. we are a, more able to turn all the lights off in the space, all of the fluorescent LED ceiling lights, which makes it feel like more of a venue. But I was just thinking on that, like there is something about when an audience comes here, they feel like they probably can't chit chat as much or they feel like they shouldn't chit chat as much. They are very respectful. Uh, And I think that's a good thing. Yeah. But I almost wonder now if we put them in the dark, are they going to start murmuring now? Who knows? Who knows? We'll see what happens. Uh, We still get the like leaning in the doorway behavior Mm -hmm. that you get at bars where folks don't want to come in and sit down. Right, right, right. That just must be human nature. We have three doors to get into this space. We have two double doors, basically where all the back row people would be. Yeah. (laughs) And I often walk over to those lingerers who are there standing in the atrium. I'm like, you can go in, you can go in. They're like, no, no, no. They are... Planted. Committed leaners. To just lean. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll never forget uh, Sisters of Your Sunshine Vapor. They're, some of those guys are friends of mine. They're a very psychedelic band. There's lots of electronics usually involved. Mm-hmm. And uh, they did an acoustic set, which yeah. I don't know that they've ever done since. Yeah. The heavy drums, heavy on guitars, pedals, lots of distortion, yeah. and visual effects too. And then it's so cool kind of see them see it paired back yeah um their their drummer i think just had one of those wooden Mm -hmm. box Mm -hmm. um drums and it was such a cool Mm -hmm. it got i think it gave them a chance to sort of get down to the core of what you know their lyrics what the music is Mm -hmm. and and talk about it with the people in front they seem to have a great time with it too yeah and going from something small like that to like do you remember Dan John Miller and how there were so many people that like the hallways were full? <laughs> I was going to bring up Dan John Miller and in my mind's eye of the memory, the entire city of Ferndale was here. That's how I remember it. <laughs> I think you were kind of officiating that one. And I remember kind of, I couldn't get anywhere close to it. I was trying to take pictures and my, you know, administrator, like panicky sense was like people aren't gonna be able to get out and and this is this and it was just like you know just like just let it go let, yeah. like it'll be over soon enough yep. like yep. <laughs> just people will figure out like and folks didn't even really seem to care whether they could see could see it 
Uh, it was such a occurrence, you know. Mm. Was that the same summer we had Jill Jack? I think Jill Jack was the year prior. Yeah, and um, but a similar kind of yep. big turnout, yep. and she's such a sweetheart. Yep. Um, she Absolutely. ended up doing a songwriting seminar with us too. Right? That's right. Yeah. yeah, the next year. Uh, and this was something I had completely forgotten about. There's a, a local group called Cello Bella who oh, did a, a holiday show that they proposed to us mm-hmm. to do. And it's not usually something we do, uh, but we went, what the heck? And mm-hmm. it was such a beautiful, like, it really, like, war- you could see people just kind of, like, warm up. Middle right. of winter, right. just, like, oh, it's, like, songs everybody knows. Right. and uh, They're such, like, consummate performers right. and, like, sweet. They're very versatile, and it felt kind of organic and the that they chose to do it and that they were, were bringing their own enthusiasm to it. Because it is kind of nice to have the opportunity to have holiday music, but you don't want to like force an artist. Mm-hmm. You don't want to call up an artist and say, could we book you in December? And uh, do you mind like squeezing in some holiday music in there too? Right. And, but you also don't want to get like a pentatonics knockoff. Right. So it felt so cool to have these classically trained, amazing musicians. Yeah, they just... did these beautiful, you know, renditions and, you know, some rarer songs that they would talk about and yeah, oh, yeah it was uh i think the moments that always get me with these shows because i'm famously kind of stoic about a lot of things but if you look over at the right time during a show especially if it's something that's getting an audience you know the audience going i might be tearing up mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. there's been a couple of the irish bands that we've had that come out and people are clapping and singing along. That always gets me. Yeah. You know, the impromptu like dancing that mm-hmm. occurs occasionally, mm-hmm. you know, both kids and adults. Yeah. And just you can see people kind of you can see the energy sort of like flow through the room and people sure. are really enjoying it. And sure. and I like to see the people before and after the show. Although, oh, I didn't know you did this. How long has it been going on? And you're like. 10 years or you know however long like wow really like Mm -hmm. didn't know you could do something like that here and so it feels like you're reaching people either in a way that you've never they didn't expect to be reached or or people that just would not have come out right and now they have a new impression of what a library is like right and i think that helps uh, like libraries in general to get a different, you know, sense of who they are out mm-hmm. there. You know, mm-hmm. we've got a lot to offer and so do other libraries, you know. And you never, as you can tell, as you you can never know who you're going to see at the library. <laughs> yeah. uh, two feathers in our cap, I'd like to say, is that we had the High Strung perform here yes. the year before they became the Shameless Band. That's right. So obviously the whole world knew them because they saw them on Showtime weekly yeah but we had them the year before just saying <laughs> we we had hip-hop duo pasalacqua here before they were kresge fellows so yeah you never yeah. know you never know yeah so um the high strength did they play our grand they, opening they played the grand opening yeah that's right that was a wild day mm-hmm. <laughs> there was a lot going on in general but we also had bands in two different sections of the library <laughs> Mm-hmm. So it was literally like running back and forth with a PA. Yeah. Um, I had the pop project play that. That's right. I was, I love the pop project. Probably most people aren't going to know who they are, but. Shout I, out to Dave Lawson, DJ Dave Lawson. Yes. Dave Lawson of many bands, many bands in the area. Yeah. Um, 
that was, you know, a dream of mine to do that. But yeah, the high strung, I'm sure their history is famous now, but they had sort of famously toured libraries around right. Michigan before that. And then they extended it to the country. Right. And so they're kind of a natural, like, library band reach out. <laughs> and the, the thing about that, they toured, the, they toured libraries in the mid 2000s. Fun fact, you can still find their archived episode on This American Life. They're That's on right. This American Life. Mm -hmm. But the interesting thing is that when libraries were booking them, the gist of it was they were booking them for a youth program and fingers crossed, hopefully a teen program. And it was like a rock and roll band is coming teens. Hey, fellow teens. Don't you think this is, it was cool. Like kind of like patronizing them, you know, right. placating teens. Look at libraries are cool. But I think that it's, it's much more uh, beneficial to just open it up to all ages and, you know, not that you, we'd love to have teens show up, but there was, there was a level of. This will work for teen programming. Exactly. There was a level of like, yeah, it was like a little tone deaf. And then also the kids were like, maybe it's too loud for some kids because it is really loud. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's interesting. I've worked in libraries for many, many, many years and teen programming is one of those things that libraries stress about a lot. Right. We can lose teens, right. especially older teens, as time goes on, they become more concerned with either their social life or school or, you know, other activities. Mm -hmm. So I get the I get the right. the compulsion. Oh, we'll just have a rock band we'll in. Have a rock band <laughs> for teens. <laughs> and it may have, you know, who knows? Right. Um, we definitely have teens right. show up every once in a while. You kind of never know who they've heard of. Right. But it's so much cooler. You you can see footage of them playing libraries, and it's like, well, the libraries only targeted teens, so like only fifteen or ten teens showed up, or eight. Right. <laughs> so if you open it up to all ages, then there's a scenario of maybe an old rocker dad who has like a seven year old will come, and mm -hmm. the dad's there, and the kid's there, and the kid has fun. The dad. So it's I don't know. yeah, it's it's nice cross generational. Right. We get a lot of um, you know. I guess millennial parents at this point, right. maybe younger Gen Xers right. bringing their kids along with giant headphones right. so they don't go deaf like we all did. Right, right. Um, but yeah, I think it's cool to, and I've heard a lot from audiences over the years, you know, it's so nice to go out a little earlier in the yep. evening and still see a band I'm interested in seeing. Yep. Or it's nice to not have to go into a bar because for whatever reason, that environment doesn't make me comfortable. Right. Uh, even the bands will say like, it's nice to go into a place where, okay, maybe the audience isn't as big, but you know, everyone's listening right. to you. Right. Um, Cause they're like literally sitting down in front of you, mm -hmm. watching you, you know, laughing at your patter. And mm -hmm. um, it's a, it's a, such a good opportunity. And we started it when I started it, I had a $200 PA and no budget. Right. right. <laughs> and, it has grown, but you know, it was literally like, Hey, you want to do something weird, right. play a library show. I don't have any money to offer you, right. but you can sell your merch. Right. And I filled two, you know, two slots a month, mm -hmm. every month of the year for a couple of years. Um, and then, you know, we got a budget. Thank mm -hmm. God. It's wonderful to pay artists, musicians. Oh, yeah. Um, and with the summer concert, then you get like, 
either both like more well-known mm-hmm. or like just larger bands we mm-hmm. had was it the nighthawks jazz ensemble there's mm-hmm. like 20 people in that band right. so you know 100 bucks isn't really going to cover it for them but um right. you know you get to have big kind of spectacle things like that mm-hmm. <laughs> do you remember Sheefy mcfly oh yeah the delorean they were one where we knew that their language was maybe not what some library attendees would be expecting. So instead of me censoring them, I just put up like a sign outside the door and they thought it was the funniest thing on earth. They put it all over their social media, like, ah, they're like putting up a parental advisory at at our show. (laughs) That's kind of the in-between that I could come up with. Because I didn't want to tell them you can't play this song or you can't sing this, but you know. Yeah. Um, the, the series had been going going on long enough that, you know, there was people who would just come to every show, um, no matter what it was, which is always kind of wonderful. You know, there's a, there's an older gentleman that comes to every one of my shows and Mm -hmm. he's got a cane, Mm -hmm. um, that he sort of balances on his finger to the music and he comes to every show. doesn't matter if it's just vibes rock or some kind of, you know, the Irish band right. or whatever. He's just always there. So I couldn't, you know, if that guy was, I wouldn't necessarily want him to be surprised, but it was, uh, it was a fun show. They right. were, that was, uh, either 2010, if not earliest 2011. Yeah. It was a while ago. And so now chief McFly, who is Tushy Turner is now a basically world famous artist, if not extremely Detroit famous artist. His yeah. murals are everywhere. That's right. But we had him when he was just this up and coming hip hop like artist. A kid. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, we've. I, it's been such a cool history. I'm sure I'm forgetting like so many of the events that we have had. But uh, I have a couple memories to trigger. Yeah. The, the, when we did invite the Detroit Party Marching Band, they they played a full forty hour set, and this is this is a marching brass band. It is a full thing but they will do you know lana del rey covers or stuff and it's high energy and i remember when they finished 40 minutes they decided to just start marching through ferndale and they just went on their merry way like a bunch of wild pied pipers and marched down nine mile and just kept the show going yeah. even though we wrapped up yeah i feel like some of the audience followed them too yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh yeah that was uh, that was our experience with their band each one was different. Mm-hmm. Um, they came out for the blowout. They crashed our show. Right. So that was very chaotic. Right. It was crammed in the community room and they were like gone before you knew it. Uh, and then we invited them for a summer concert series outside. And they could move around. Um, but the third show, which was celebrating our 90th anniversary, we had them inside and we used the entire library space, mm-hmm. which is an incredible amount of square, square footage. And yet there were still so many people in the audience. It did feel as though the band couldn't move as much. Yeah. They felt like they were actually had to stay seated like a symphony orchestra, which is strange (laughs) for them. Yeah, it was there. Yeah, there's such a good a good uh, time. I've never been in an audience for them and not seen everybody like smile. Such a fun time. Yeah, I was thinking also about when uh, we had Musique Noir, which is a quartet of amazingly talented ladies who play you know cello violin viola it's an orchestral group they also play soul music too and we had them and it looked like there was gonna be rain (laughs) you obviously don't want rain on violins 
So it was really sweet and uh, very generous of our neighbors across the street, Go Comedy, happened to have an, nothing going on that night, and they let us basically move our entire operation <laughs> into their theater, <laughs> which is about 200 feet. Yeah. You know, it still took some effort, but... Uh, yeah, just it, running back and forth <laughs> from the... I've probably got more than my 10,000 steps in that right. day of just like, right. what do you need? Oh, okay, we've got that back there. Like, right. running back and forth and... I can't remember. There was... Oh, it was because it was either uh, the primaries or some sort of election situation. We could not have the show in our building. We were setting up as a polling location. Yes. So there was equipment everywhere and that room's locked. We couldn't do that. We So... It was so sweet to to have Go Comedy help us out and really. And I feel like it got filmed for wasn't there Kresge Foundation video being filmed, too. So actually, that probably worked out better for them. Um, And it was a great show. And, you know, that shows like if you make connections in your community, we had Mm -hmm. been cooperating with Go Comedy for years for Mm -hmm. our um, Ferndale Reads program where they would do a an improv skit based on whatever book we picked, which is such a genius idea. Um, But they, you know, they were like, well, okay, like we'll probably sell some cocktails and why not help out our neighbor when we're in a pickle, you know? Uh, And it worked out great. It was so fun. Once I, you know, stopped having a heart attack about having to do it. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed myself. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Good vibes. So um, yeah, we should talk about, the bands we have coming up yeah. um and i hate to like jump to the the end of it but you mentioned that you always like to get eclectic bands and i think we do have to start at the band that's ending this which is klazuntite oh my gosh which is uh <laughs> probably actually i should say that's probably not an eclectic band they just have a great eclectic name such they're, a good they're, name. they're playing classic traditional klezmer music they're all very talented but i just love that name yes and <laughs> klezmer music I mean, I don't think it's super widely known, but those right. people that like it love it. Right. Um, it's just got such a like, f- almost like funky, like happy vibe. Right. Uh, even yeah. if you don't know it, if you're exposed to it, I think it's you fall under its spell fast. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Uh, lots of clarinet. <laughs> lots of clarinet. Some oh. some um, whatever that. I think it's a baritone sax or some kind of alto sax or a soprano sax. Anyway, there's a saxophone. <laughs> there's a ton of these guys. So it's harmonica, accordion. Be a great show. Um, that one's in August, right? Yeah. And then we've got Django Phonique. Django Phonique, which is some amazing musicians from the Ann Arbor area. They are those kinds of musicians who have had either guitars in their laps or seated at piano since age two uh virtuoso players and they are yeah. playing that uh Manoush jazz style of django reinhardt yeah i've that's swing kids man uh, yes that's indeed. <laughs> yes, indeed. old string band late yeah. 30s swing band revivalists and just like again a nice summer vibe yeah. um i know they've played outdoor shows before it's one of the reasons mm-hmm. i was like oh they will definitely be able to play our outdoor show so looking forward to them and then in June, we've got Nessa. Very versatile. Yes. World music, jazz music. They kind of throw all kinds of genres in there. Yeah. So we, I think we always kind of accidentally come up with a theme yeah. in the summer. And I think our theme is... Jazzy. Sort of jazzy. It's jazzy. It's right. not traditional jazz. There's just jazz elements woven <laughs> throughout. Yeah. I'm, I'm really looking forward to getting back into the swing of doing those uh, shows. And I think... 
this community in particular uh, is looking forward to it too. They've yeah. we've always had really good turnouts for these, and just a lot of joy and looking forward to it. And after you know a couple of years of taking some time off, it's uh, it's exciting to be able to offer it again. We've had our we've dipped our toe back in with our first stop Friday shows, but the the big summer ones are what really bring scads of people out and you know mm-hmm. bringing their picnic lunch and oh, yeah. sitting on the lawn and yep, just lawn chairs yeah it's it's such a good feeling to provide that feel like you were a part of something bigger um you know yeah because we have this this nice little patch of green space and when you sit down at it all throughout your periphery you feel as though you are in downtown mm-hmm. but you also feel like you're at a little tiny park yeah. little tiny park where there's music happening yeah <laughs> And you can usually hear it within the library too. It's a, I was telling one of our newer um, youth librarians, Mary Graham, who I think she's been on the mm-hmm. podcast before. Um, like if you're in the youth area you're hear and it. it's outside, you're going to hear it. You're right. going to see it. And right. uh, you can stay nice and cool if it's hot outside and right. enjoy a concert. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's such a, it's a, it's been a journey. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I look back nostalgically, but I'm also like so proud of how mm-hmm. it's developed. I really like love partnering with Jeff on it. We both have our own musical tastes. He's got lots of connections. We kind of come up with good ideas together yeah. that and uh, it's nice to have a, a teammate, yeah. you know, to even if it's just to lift a, a speaker onto a stand or. And I'm just so glad that you did this because it helps just defy preconceptions about what happens in a library yeah uh that, that that this can even happen that there can be a lot of music in the library what was really fun about the last event which you know may or may not have gotten a, a boost in attendance because we were able to put it into a print newsletter that went to literally everyone's porch but folks came out and they saw admittedly an acoustic folk band which is despite how amazing and talented they are probably exactly what people think play in libraries right music in the library it's probably folk and so when i'm going around talking to people and they're like oh do you do this often i was able to say yes and we've had punk bands metal bands rock bands hip-hop jazz so all kinds of electronic and their eyes just widen yeah yeah exactly yeah um we've got duende coming up in april yep that's gonna be amazing Yes, they've been coming after us to play for a while. And for some reason, it just has never quite worked out. So this is like it feels like a tidal wave cresting. Duende is basically a Ferndale band through and through. They play all over and they play Detroit often, but they're all Ferndale residents and they've been a band for, you know, 15 years or more. We've been doing this for almost 15 years. (laughs) It feels like our paths have been converging. Weirdly, uh, Scott Sanford, who's in Duende was in the first band that played the first step Friday at this like new renovation in September of 2010. Oh, was it Pewter Cub? Yes. Nice. Yeah. Um, we famously flooded two months later and <laughs> didn't get to do another show until I think February of the following year. But yeah, it it's interesting how many like relationships and you know all the bands that come together break up come Mm -hmm. back together you know reform Mm -hmm. um even though i'm old now and don't have as much contact in the music 
seen as I used to, they're still, you know, like, oh, you guys still doing that over there? Like, right. yeah, you got something to bring? Like, let's do it. <laughs> of course. And uh, if you are listening to this on the day that this episode premieres, it is not much longer until we also have another event on May 6th where we're going to have some acoustic punk hybrid oh, yeah. performances in here. So, I mean, you know, follow us on social media. We are, we love music. What can I say? Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're doing, we're doing, you know, we're continuing to evolve. This is like a, right. a, a album release party for one of the artists mm-hmm. and they're, we're going to have multiple artists. That's and, right. Uh, you know, I, I think that's the best part about these series is that we, every, every season we kind of go like, well, what do you want to do now? Right. Like, how, right. How's it going to look different this year? How can we tweak it? Right. And, uh, you know, even if it's just adding lights to the mix. Right. Uh, we're just always looking for new experiences to bring to people and to ourselves, frankly. I yeah. mean, some of it is selfish. It's nice to see a show at your workplace. Right. <laughs> and not have to go anywhere else and and really feel like you, you did something that was cool. Yeah. Music in a library, it's not a novelty, and we encourage all our bands to get as loud as possible. Yes. You have listened to another episode of A Little Too Quiet, the Ferndale Library podcast. Thanks for being here, Kelly. Thanks so much. It's been fun. I missed being on the podcast. We will have you back again soon. Thank you for listening. Uh, the music that you hear at the beginning and end of each episode is by local musician John Duffy. Uh, if you would like to support this podcast, you can go to ferndalefriends.org or you could follow us, like us, leave a review, leave a comment, tell your friends about us. And uh, if you enjoyed this episode, share it to social media. We'll be back next week with more. Thanks for listening. <laughs>